This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome, awesome. Oh man, I, it's an exciting day. I'm excited about Family Fun Day and water baptism. I think it's going to be a great day. My name, by the way, is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, let me just say for a lot of you guys, it's so good to see you guys. I've been gone over the last five weeks. And so it's cool to come back and see a whole bunch of new faces and to see a whole bunch of old faces and some people that are middle-aged as well. So uh, uh, we're going <laughs> I don't, sorry, I don't <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but anyways, um, we're glad that you're here. We're starting a brand new series today called "Is There an App for That?" And but but before we jump into that, can we just give it up for uh, all the guys and gals that that preached over the last five weeks? I mean, they've done an amazing job in the Hero series. I've been getting emails and phone calls and all this stuff. Like there, people telling me, like, listen, you don't ever have to come back. We're pretty happy with with like Pastor Jeremy preaching every week. So I was I was pretty bummed about that. But I'm excited at the same point that we have so many great communicators in our church that can step in here at any time and preach God's word and help people grow in the relationship with him. But I'm really, really stoked about this series called Is There an App for That? Because I don't know about y'all, but I love technology. Anybody else out there love some technology? Like if you have some extra dollars, like you want to go buy a gadget. Uh, I, I, I'm, I love that. Um, shoes and gadgets uh, are right up there with each other. And, and I love my iPhone. I don't know about you, but I don't know what we did before phones. The, the, I mean, I don't know how we got anywhere uh, because without that maps thing, I don't know how to get anywhere in Fort Lauderdale. Is anybody else? I mean, like, have you ever pulled out a map here lately and looked at it? It is confusing. I mean, thank goodness iPhones came up with all these map features and all these different things, but we do so much through technology. We use so many things today to help further our our, our lives. I mean, and really, we're, we're pretty... We're pretty heavily uh, caught on our phones. In fact, I looked around and, you know, you watching 4th of July, I was like, man, I wonder what people are doing. I could tell what almost virtually every single person was doing based on their Facebook feed because they were Instagramming pictures of every place they were and where they were not. And so you can just do so much with technology today. I mean, where our schedules are kept by it, um, you know, our stock, we can have stock tickers. I knew exactly when Dwight Howard announced that he was going to the Rockets. And, you know, I, like everything was coming through the phone because we're so just attached to these things today. And we're always looking for, is there an easier or quicker way to get things done in life? Is anybody else with me on that? I'm always looking for a shortcut of how I can get stuff accomplished in my life. And so I'm always looking for an app that's gonna help me in my productivity. I'm always looking for something that's just gonna give me a little bit of an edge to take it to the next level. And, and what I found is, man, that there are apps virtually for everything. I found that there are apps that can control your air conditioning. There's apps that can control your lights. Do you know that there's apps that can control your personal digital recorders at home? Like I haven't figured out how to do that junk in person, but yet I can control it from my phone. I mean, that just blows my mind. And there's so many things that we can do in fact, the one, the one that really kind of disturbed me a little bit is the fact that doctors now can be out on the golf course playing around a golf. They can check their phone and see what your vital signs are right after your surgery. I mean, that, that right there, that kind of scares me. I want my doctor by my side. That dude's on the golf course checking out, oh, that dude's fine. You know, like he doesn't know. But we become so reliant on some of these things. And, and really this series is kind of a bait and switch series because we all are looking for how do we just press a button and get something done in our lives? 
Anybody else like that? I just want to press a button and, and be there or have that done for me. And I don't really want to do any application. But the funny thing about apps, their design was is there to help us become more productive in life. Their job is to help us. It isn't actually to be more productive. It's a, it's a help tool. And what we're going to do over this series is we're going to talk about some of the foundational elements of being a Christ follower that I believe that a lot of us, just we just want to push a button and it'd be done for us. But the reality is, is there are some steps and there are some things that we have to actually apply in our lives because apps are really all about application. And so what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to look at some spiritual disciplines and look at some ways that we can apply those things, that we can put practical application to our lives. And, and you know what? And the reality is, is that a lot of people I know have been texting me and like, man, I can't wait for this series just because I love technology. And, and really, we're probably going to offend a whole bunch of people in this series because we're going to talk about traditions. Anybody like tradition out there? Uh, I mean, people like traditions and everybody loves their tradition because it's theirs. But uh, when, when somebody else has a different tradition that's not yours, what is it? It's wrong because it's not yours, right? Because it's not your tradition. But we're going to get inside some traditions that a lot of people have come to, to realize and think that they are truth because it's been tradition. And a lot of things that happen inside church, let me just give you a heads up, are not actually in the Bible. true, isn't it? I mean, we do a lot of things that aren't anywhere found in this book. And, and what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about some things that we have some different ideas, that we have some different traditions on, that we have some different outlooks on. And we're going to really see what Scripture says because at the end of the day, for Coastal Community Church and hopefully yourself, the Word of God is going to be your final authority. It's not going to be what I say. It's not going to be what your Aunt Susie said. It isn't going to be what some other pastor said. But we're going to rightly divide the Word of Truth and see what it says for our lives so that we can have a clear knowledge and a clear understanding of what our next steps are in our life and pursuing this relationship with God. And so, listen, we're going to talk about some things that you're going to say, man, he's, he's dogging on my denomination. I'm not dogging on your denomination. I'm just going straight from what God says, and we're going to talk about it. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today that's very near and dear to a lot of people's hearts is this whole idea of baptism. And, um, uh, and I know that this is near and dear because when I was first a pastor, right after we had done a water baptism uh, at, at a church that I was working at, we'd gone out to the beach and we'd water baptize people. A guy called me up and said, hey, can I have an appointment with you? I want to talk about water baptism. And I was like, sure, man. I was a young pastor and I'm, I'm prefacing that because I was young. Um, and let me just say it again, I was young. And so this guy came in and we started talking about baptism and he was asking me all these kinds of questions of why we baptize and how we do our baptism and, you know, and what name do we baptize in and, and how does that work and what does that look like? And then he started asking personal questions about my own personal experience. Like, how was I baptized? And, what did, and one of the things he kept asking me is, what did the pastor say when you were being baptized? And I was like, well, I don't really remember. I was kind of underwater during that period of time when he was saying stuff. So he's like, did he say in Jesus' name or did he say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? And I said, uh, both? I don't know. I don't know. Again, I was underwater. He was holding me down. He had to wash me really good. And so, uh, You know, if you're, if you're really bad, man, we just hold you down longer. That's how it works. Eventually, all that, you'll stop kicking. That's when we know you're good to come up. So, <laughs> and this guy says, and he says to me, and, and I'll never forget it. He says, well, if you don't know, you're going to hell. And I said, well, I'll see you there then. <laughs> I didn't really say that. 
Yes, I did. Never mind. I, I really did say that, and that's why I said I was young. That wasn't the right response. But it, the reality is, is because we have these ideas of what it's supposed to be like, and we have these experiences, and we have these traditions, the only way that we know is our tradition. The only way we know is our experience. And so instead of just going by experience, why don't we actually look at what God has to say about this and what is the importance of baptism and why is it important to us as believers that it's a step that we should take. And so we're just going to start and we're going to look at some of the, the very last words of Jesus, which I think are really, really critical to our lives because this is Jesus' last statement on earth. He wants them to make an impactful statement. He wants to make a lasting statement. And so he goes and he tells his disciples, in Matthew 28, he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And right there, Jesus, his parting words is he says, Listen, I want you to go help people find a relationship with God. And then what I want you to do is when they take that step, I want you to go ahead and baptize them. And this is an important thing for you to do. This is an important thing to have happen in their lives, them to take this step to do that. Now, why in the world would Jesus tell us to do that? Why in the world would Jesus encourage his disciples to tell them, listen, you go, you go reach people, but make sure you do this as well. And if he told them that, does that stuff still apply to us today? Is that still relevant? And so to truly understand that, I think we have to go back and we have to look at how baptism started and what it all means and why is it significant for our lives. And, and I don't do this a lot, but today we're just going to teach something. We're just going to look at history. We're going to look at uh, what the, God's Word says, how it started, and why is it important to us, and how do we apply that to our lives. And, if, and to really understand that, you've got to understand the process of how baptism started. And so basically, Jesus was a Jew. And so Jews, you know, they had tradition, they had laws, they had all these things that were established hundreds and hundreds of years way before Jesus. And so what would happen is there were other people of other nations and other people groups that would come and say, you know what, I really really identify with Judaism. I really identify with that style of life. And so I want to change. I don't want to be an Arab anymore. I don't want to be a Syrian anymore. I don't want to be uh, this anymore. I want to convert to Judaism. And so in order to do that, there were some steps that they needed to take. There was actually five steps that a person would need to take in order to convert, to, to change over, to, to be a Jew. And the first one was probably the most difficult one, and it was circumcision. And so all the dudes were like, what are the other four? Maybe we'll qualify. You know, that isn't like a real popular item there. You know, not everybody's like, sign me up right now. You know, do I have to do that now? No, i like, listen, that's, that's old law. And so that, would, that was like the first step. So basically they're like, hey, you, you got to get circumcised. And, you know, that wasn't a very popular item. The second thing that they said that they would have to do is they would have to submit to the law of Moses which was basically the Ten Commandments and all the rules and the regulations of what it took to adhere to the Jewish customs. And basically, people are looking at this. That's why they're coming to them, because they're saying, man, I really, I really dig what you believe. I like how you live your life. And so I want to adhere to those same things. And so, like, I'll, I'll go with that. I'm already kind of bought into that aspect. And so the next thing they would have to do is they'd have to have a ceremonial meal. Basically, in, in that time, is basically throwing a big party. And most people are like, man, I can throw a big party and eat. I'm down for that one. So we got, we got two out of three so far I'm doing well the next one was man you got to sacrifice at the temple you got to go and give something to God that's of worth to you saying man I want to believe in you God and so they're saying man I can I can probably do that and the fifth one is as they said there was a ceremonial washing that they had to do 
In other words, they had to go wash themselves of their old life. And that's really where we get the word baptismo from. It's the word where we get baptized from. And they would go and they would do this cleansing to wash away their old lifestyle and say, hey, I'm putting on a completely new lifestyle. And so they would do, do that and they would be declaring this new life. And so they would take all these steps and all of a sudden their association of who they were was no longer that same nation. All of a sudden they would start to associate themselves with Judaism. And, and this isn't just one example. There's the next example. We've probably all heard of this guy named John the Baptist. He wasn't a Baptist dude. He was called John the Baptist because he was the first person to actually physically baptize people because before you would go do the ceremonial washing by yourself. And what John the Baptist did is he came in and he was, he was preaching a new message. He was preaching a new way. And he was saying, hey, man, I'm preparing for this new way of living. I'm preparing for this new life. And so people that would identify with the message of John the Baptist would go and he would baptize them. And it was significant because they were saying, you know what? I'm identifying my life and my worth with this guy's message and what he stands for. And I want to be identified with that. And so John is there baptizing people. In fact, in Matthew, uh, I believe it's chapter 3, uh, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea, saying, Repent. It means change your direction. For the kingdom of heaven is near. And so basically he's saying, listen, when you want to be baptized by what I'm, with what I'm doing, you're saying, man, you're changing your association of, of who you used to be to this new message and this new belief system. And so John's doing this, and then Jesus comes along, who's John's cousin, and he rolls up in there, and they're boys, so they do some dap, and what's up, you know, and all that stuff. They have a secret handshake. It's awesome. I'll teach it to you next week. And so they're, they're doing all that, and, and John's like, oh, my gosh, it's Jesus. He's going to be the Savior of the world. And Jesus is like, dude, I need you to baptize me. And he's like, baptize you? I, you should baptize me. And Jesus is like, no, I need you to baptize me. And, and so they get in a little argument, and every time you argue with Jesus, he wins. So Jesus won, and uh, so John baptizes him, saying, like, Jesus is identifying with the teaching that says, man, repent because there's a new way coming. And Jesus is like, man, I identify with that teaching because I am the new way. And so it says Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And then after that, it says that Jesus and his disciples, they started baptizing believers as well. In John 3, 22, and it says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. And see, everybody in that time and everybody in that culture understood the significance of baptism and what was happening. Because they understood that the, the original intent of this washing was to saying, like, listen, my old associations are gone and my new association is here. When John started baptizing, they said, listen, we're not going to associate with that anymore. We're going to associate with the teachings of John. And then when Jesus came and changed the whole game, they said, listen, we're not going to associate with anything else. We're going to start to have an association with Jesus. It was significant to them because they understood that Jesus was doing something totally different. And so for us, the purest understanding that we can have in baptism is this, is water baptism is simply a declaration of a new association. When we're water baptized, it's simply a, a declaration of a new association. That's all it is. It's saying, I agree with this. I agree with this way of life. I agree with this teaching, and I'm going to model my life after that. See, in water baptism, a lot of people think there's stuff that's magical about who baptizes you or what kind of water it's in or, or, or what time of year it is. And there's nothing magical about any of that stuff. There's nothing magical about the person who baptizes you. None of that stuff is important. 
In fact, a lot of traditions will say that you're not saved unless you're, until you're water baptized. And let me just tell you, that's, that's like false teaching. That, nowhere in the Bible does it say that. I mean, if you think about it, Jesus was baptized. I guarantee you that dude was saved before he was ever baptized. Think about on the cross. There's, there's a thief on one side, and he says, man, I, I believe in you, Jesus. And Jesus says, well, man, you haven't been baptized, so you're screwed. <laughs> no. He's in like, do you want me to spit on you a couple times? I should, you know. No, he's like, today you'll be with me in paradise. See, baptism is a response to what God's already done inside of you. Baptism is this outward response to what God is going on inside of you. It's not the cause of what's going on inside of you. It's the response to what's happening inside. See, only Jesus saves. And that whole thing, that's a free gift. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can say. There's nothing we can, we can possibly go out and earn to make that happen in our lives. And if we're out there trying to do that, we're missing the whole idea of grace and the freedom that Christ brings to our life because we're trying to earn something that we can never earn. When God just gives it freely, completely to us. And so for us, man, we, we go public. We, we go public with baptism. We believe baptism is an important step in the believer's process for a couple of reasons. Number one is, is what Jesus did. It's, it's to follow the example set by Christ. You know, if Jesus, one of his first things that he did when he was out there doing this was to be baptized, and then he, he says, man, he's baptizing other people, and then he says, hey, one of the things I want you to do is when you get some disciples, I want you to go and baptize them, it's probably something we should do. Because Jesus asked us to, and he did it himself, and I want to follow the same example as Christ, because isn't that the goal of a Christ follower, to look more and more like Christ, to be a reflection of him in our lives? That's why Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Like, he said, follow me. He said, follow my example. Do what I do. Live how I live. Act how I act as I follow Christ. Basically, he's saying, man, I'm mirroring my life after Christ. Everything that I say, everything that I do, I want it to be a reflection of my relationship, of what I've seen in God. And therefore, if you'll do the same things, you'll look just like God. And that should be the whole spirit behind baptism is, is that we're wanting to mirror the exact life of Christ. It's this idea that, man, we're going and we're trying to follow the example that Christ gave you and I. We also go public to demonstrate the fact that our lives have been changed, that we have a changed life. It's this whole idea of the, the old man and the new man because we all have uh, the, these different lives that we've lived. Some, some of us had some pretty bad and, and, and despicable past, and then all of a sudden we accept Christ and we're trying to live a new way. And a lot of us, we can't seem to get rid of that old person. And what baptism is, is this is signifying that, you know what, that old person that used to do all that stuff, that used to live all those different ways, that isn't living that way anymore, that person is dead. In fact, I love the symbolism of how baptism originally originated. And one of the things that they would do in, in, the, early, um, in the early years is that they would dress somebody up in complete white for baptism. We probably don't do that today because, you know, there's modesty things in this day and age. But they would dress them up in complete white. And then they would go and they would find the dirtiest, filthiest, holy, uh, urinated on rags and clothes that they could find. They would put them on top. And they would put those on top of the white cloth, and then they would go into a river. 
And what would happen is nobody else was out there with them in the river, but by themselves, they would dunk themselves underwater. And while they were underwater, they would be pulling those clothes off. The dirty, holy ones, not all of them, okay? Not skinny dipping, baptizing, okay? And so uh, they're pulling those off, and they would, and, and hopefully the buttons wouldn't get stuck and all that, because that would be a long time underwater. But then when they would come up, they would be completely dressed in white, signifying that that old life has passed. And what was amazing about this, as I was reading, is, is one of the cool things that they said was so impactful in people's lives is that they would see the dirty old garments they used to have floating down the river never to be seen again, signifying that the old is past and it's gone away and that my life has changed. And let me just tell you something, man. If you're a Christ follower out there and your life isn't changing, I want to challenge you. Are you really following Christ? Are you really following him? Because if we're following Christ, you know what's happening in our lives? Our life is looking different day by day. And if you look at yesterday and you look a week from today and two weeks from today and your life doesn't look any different, are you really following Christ? Have you really said, man, I'm putting my association here or are you just playing church? I figured that would get a lot of amens, but whatever. Romans 6, 4 says this. It says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. See, it's signifying, man, that we're, our old life is past. The way we used to do life is no longer our life. The way we're doing life is a life that's fully devoted to Christ. But the, one of the other reasons we go public is to declare a new association. It, it's really the outward expression of the inward change that's happening within us. It's a lot like when I was dating Shayla. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful uh, that I happened to find the hottest girl on the face of the earth. And she said yes. And, uh, but this is what I know. When I was dating Shayla, like, our relationship was awesome. But here's the deal. Shayla's finger was empty which meant for every other dude out there, she was free game. Like, she was not taken. Her association, her name was Shayla Benham. Like, her association was with her family's name. And so, like, as soon as I figured out that she was said yes, I asked her and put a ring on her finger because I knew that if I didn't associate her with me, I was going to lose her. And what happens for a lot of us is, is that we need to take off our old life and put ourselves on in a new association. And see, when, when I put a ring on her finger, she wasn't known as Shayla Benham anymore. You know what she was known as? She was known as Shayla McCormick. She had a whole new association. She had a whole new name. She had a whole lifestyle change that was never there before. The way that she used to live for herself and on her own was not the same. The way that I lived for myself and on my own was never the same because all of a sudden my association and her association were now changed. And for some of us, we need to have a change of association. We've been going, and we've been living life, and we've been dating Christ. We've been dating the church, but we've never made a commitment and changed our association to him. And a lot of times, we're, we're saying we, we, what we do is, is when we come to church, we throw a ring on and say, man, I'm, I, got, I got Christ. But when we leave, we're like slipping that thing off and going in our pocket and be like, hey, what's up, club? What's up, girl? What you doing tonight? You know, whatever. You know. See, I've been dated a long time. So uh, we need to change our association. That's why it says in Luke 9, 26, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, 
And the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes into glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. See, a lot of us, we haven't, we haven't made our association public because, honestly, we're, we're ashamed and we're not really living that life. And we're missing out on the realities of the benefits that come when you put a ring on the finger. Because my relationship with Shayla was, was really good. Man, we had some really good dates and, uh, you know, we had some really good talks. But when I put a ring on her finger and married her, my association, my relationship went to awesome levels. And some of y'all, your relationship with God is very surfacy. It's very shallow. It's very flippant because you haven't made the new association and said, man, I'm going to go all the way, fully committed, and I'm going to take my next step. And so what is the application for our lives? What is the physical application of what do we need to do with this? And I think the first thing is this, is man, it, it, be baptized if you've made a decision to follow Christ. It's pretty simple. Be baptized. It's for believers. It's one of the reasons why we call it believers baptism because we've made a fundamental decision. We've made a life decision that, man, I believe in Christ. And therefore, after I do that, man, I'm going to be baptized because we're making a statement saying that I'm going to be dedicated to this. It's one of the reasons why at Coastal we don't do infant baptism um, because they don't have the, the knowledge and the insight to make a decision on their own. Um, and, and honestly, um, if, if you were baptized as an infant, like listen, I was baptized as an infant, that doesn't uh, nullify what your parents did for you. What it does is it gives you a false sense of security. And the reality is, is that nowhere in this book, you can go and you can read through it over and over and over and over and over again. And then you can read through it three or four more times and you will never once find one time where a, a baby was baptized. And I encourage you to, I, don't just take my word, go, go Google it. I don't care, Wikipedia, whatever. It is actually, they started doing this 300 years after the Bible was written. It's a man-made tradition. doesn't nullify what your parents did. In fact, I think it's significant because what your parents were saying is, man, we want our child dedicated to Christ. Man, we want to start the process of saying, you know what? This child, this baby is yours, God. And what you do when you make a personal decision is you're just completing the process that your parents started because they, from day one, they wanted you and your life to be dedicated to Christ. And so all you're doing is fulfilling the, the kind of prophetic thing that they stepped out and said, we want our child to fulfill. And so I want to encourage you, man, if you have not personally made a decision to do that and you're, you're reliant on something that happened to you as a child before you knew or you understood, man, it's time for you to make that decision on your own merit and on your own two feet because you want to know why it's significant when we step out and we do that on our own. It's why all throughout the books of Acts, you see people that were baptized right after they accepted the message. You can look in Acts 2.41. As soon as they accepted the message, they were baptized. You can look in Acts 8.12. It says, man, when they believed Philip as he preached, they were baptized. You can look in verse 13. It says that Simon himself believed and was baptized. People, as they believed, what they did is they took a step towards baptism. And, and I want to encourage you, man, when you make a decision for Christ, be baptized as soon as possible. Be baptized. There's no reason to delay. There's no reason to deny. There's no reason to step back. It's time to step up and make the choice. You know, one of the things that we talk about here at Coastal all the time is we want to help people take their next step in their journey of faith. Because this isn't a, this isn't a sprint. This is a journey. And daily we're making decisions that are taking us closer 
or further away from in our relationship with God. And so daily, man, we want you to make a choice. And if you've made a decision for Christ and you haven't taken the next step of baptism, take that step. Don't wait any longer. Don't deny the opportunity to do that. And one of the things that we need to do when we're baptized is, is the third thing there is, man, we need to be baptized publicly. Because for a lot of people, this is what I hear all the time, my faith is private. Your faith may be private, but your life is lived in public. And this is what I found. If I believe in something, my life displays what I believe. Come over to my house on a Saturday afternoon during college football season. You're going to see what I believe in. I believe in Notre Dame football. Go Irish. Like, I'm not ashamed. You want to know why? Because I'm associated with that. You'll see me in the, my jersey. Hooping and hollering, yelling at the screen like I'm better than them, and I'm not. But publicly, my internal belief, I love Notre Dame. Man, it's going to come out publicly because it's my belief. It's, it's private. Like, I, I love it. But you know what? It displays publicly. The same thing with our faith in Christ. It's like saying that you love somebody and then never showing it. Man, I love you. And then you never talk to them, never send them cards, never telephone, never even text. You'd be like, that's crazy. Nobody would do that. That's why Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And so today, man, we've made it really easy for you to take your next step right after the service we're having our family fun day and we're going to do water baptism and listen i know some of you guys didn't come prepared because you just didn't come prepared we got shorts and t-shirts or you can just go full-on clothes we don't really care it's about publicly declaring your love for god and saying you know what god is first and foremost in my life he is my all in all he is my everything some of you guys have been here for a long time you've been thinking about this decision You've made it privately in your life, but now it's time to make it publicly for all the world to see. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.